0: Good morning. This morning, I got up at um, about four thirty, five o'clock, and I felt awful. Y'all ever felt awful? And I, um, I came to the church, and the fellow that usually sets up the chairs um, was sick on Friday, very sick, pray for him, um, because none of us want to clean the whole building every night. And so, um, but I started setting up the chairs, so I, Well, I did my anointing thing. And then I started setting up the chairs. And do you ever have a time where nothing in your mind is good? Every person that's ticked you off in the (laughs) last two years comes to your brain. And so you got to understand, I'm not good with that. I'm a stinking redneck. I don't mean a racist redneck. I mean redneck. And see, when people tick me off, I hate to tell you this, but I really want to fumble. And I mean, I was trying to set up these chairs, and man, it was just one thing after another. And I'm like, Lord, I want to take control of my mind. Give me discipline. Help me. I was putting the helmet of salvation on. Nothing was working. Then I got to sweating so bad that I I was sweating like a pig. So finally, I decided, you know, it may be that I'm diabetic. Maybe I need to go get something to eat. So I go to McDonald's. I So I got her. I don't need you. And so I go to McDonald's. And man, I am sick as a dog. I mean, I don't know how sick dogs are, but that's a saying, you know? And I just, oh, all morning I come home, and when I'm sick, I take some Pepto, and I drink some Diet Coke, and it settled down a little bit, but, but what? <laughs> hey, don't y'all take Diet Coke and Pepti, Pepto? It, well, if you had Jesus in your heart, you would. Hello. You know? <laughs> you know, we've been fasting and praying. Yesterday was Remy. He fasted all day. Who's that with you, man? Hi, Uncle. I don't mean, don't mean to embarrass you. God bless you. God bless you. Um, but I, we've been praying. At eight o'clock every night, if you, if you have an eight, uh, some time at eight o'clock, and God leads you, get on the Zoom, man. It's great, it's wonderful, it's 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 inspiring, it's it's cool. Um, but I thought when we started this whole prayer thing and fast thing, I thought think good things were going to start happening. <laughs> you know. God was just going to scoop down and come take us up in his arms and make all the sick well and make all the marriages that were struggling perfect. And I was going to be known as the pastor of the universe, you know? And, I, I, I and, and, you know, this church was going to be known as the Crystal Cathedral and, and Brooklyn Tab and... Whatever else, all in one. Things have stunk since we started praying. If people could get sick, they got sick. One person's in the hospital because she got bit by a cat and they thought she had rabies. You say, me and God have been talking. You ever talk to God like this? What's this? Man, we've been praying. We deserve better. It's like people go to church. I went to church. I ought to feel better. But you've not been praying about that. And here's what I realize there's some trash in my life that needs to be dealt with. Maybe there's some trash in this church that needs to be dealt with. Maybe there's some attitudes that need to be dealt with. Before I really get started, I I wanna introduce and welcome Bud and Sally Reedy. Uh, Bud is my mentor coach, so you pray for him. He needs all the wisdom and help and patience he can get. And that's nothing. He's going to work with my son for the next two days, all day, both days. That takes the patience of God. Because, honestly, if I had to work with him, I'd probably kill it. So, but we want to welcome them and we want to thank them for all they, they do for us and what they're doing. I want you to open your Bibles. It. Actually, you can keep your Bibles open in like um, the Genesis Exodus near the the end thing. But I wanna start out today with um, um, in John chapter eight. And I, I think this is very important because we've come to the point of such mediocrity in the church today that people are all bound up in fear, or worry, or frustration, or anger, and we've excused it for so long. And is everybody listening? Too often, we've excused it for everybody else, and we hold no no one accountable for where they're actually at. And where they're actually at is in slavery. Slavery. You say, well, not me, really. Do you have people in your past that you just can't let go of the frustration or bitterness about? Slavery. Do you have a fear of the things that are going on in this world right now? Oh, but pastor, it's it's out of control, it's crazy. Let me help you with something. I'm not a scholar of history. It's always been out of control and and, and and crazy and and don't allow yourself to go there. Because if you go there, you are placing yourself in slavery. There are folks that are bound to different um narcotics and alcohol and and smoking and 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 um uh, um Pornography on the internet and 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 man, I want you to understand. Go in there, and sometimes you can't get out. Why can't I get out? Why can't I stop slavery? Well, my marriage is a mess and it's all her fault or it's all his fault. No, it's not. You're in slavery everything in my world. Nobody likes me. It's everybody else's fault. No, let it go. That is a form of slavery. And this morning, I want you to understand if the son makes you free, you will be free in deed where the spirit of the Lord is. I don't have this one up there. Where the Spirit, capital S, of the Lord is, there is freedom. Quit allowing the evil one and those mediocre Christians around you to tell you that your slavery is understandable and okay. God didn't create you, nor did he recreate you so that you could live in in bondage or slavery to anything. And I keep hearing from uh, Christian pastors and Christian counselors and everything. Well, there are just some things God can't do anything about. Could somebody show me that in the word of God? Oh, well, pastor, you just have to understand. I do. You're listening to the wrong voice. I want you to understand. When God sets you free, he sets you free indeed. He sets you free thoroughly. He sets you free. And here's the cool part. He has a plan when you come out of slavery or bondage you're gonna come out with a lot of good stuff. Amen. I like that part, amen? Next verse. The, um, we go back, I wanna go back and I wanna do, uh, focus on the, um, I'm not feeling sharp today, so forgive me. Um, I wanna go back and I want to look at the next great revival, the first great revival we studied last week was the revival of, of when Abraham was called out after all those eleven chapters of sin—basic, well, nine chapters of sin—and Abraham was called out to lead his people, God's people, to the promised land. This one is—is is they never stopped the sinning, okay? And 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 what happened was they they um, worked their way toward. I'm struggling to think. Um, Let me read this. God said to Abraham, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. Now, this was hundreds of years before that actually happened. What happened was is is you had Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Jacob's son Joseph goes and 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 through a series of very stressful events, he becomes second in charge of the whole kingdom of Egypt. Okay, and he saves them, and eventually he saves his people. All right, you're with me, all right? Then, but then all of a sudden that pharaoh died. And the Israelites were just making too many babies. And they were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. These people are, are populating the land. These people are, are, are taking over. We're, I'm getting afraid of these people because they're liable to take over this place or help somebody else take over. So what they did was to keep the morale down and to keep the baby making down, the bottom line is they put them into slavery. They gave them hard, arduous tasks to do, making bricks so they could make things for themselves. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. Back verse. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just out of whack today. What happened was God heard the Israelites Listen, turn that off. I got it. You're good. God heard the Israelites cry for help. And he remembered his covenant, his promise to the Israelites. Okay? And so what he did was he decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to call this guy who came from Egypt. He was born an Israelite in Egypt. He became, he grew up in Pharaoh's house. All of a sudden, he killed one of the Egyptians. He finds out. He runs back. The bottom line is he, he makes a family. And God comes to him in what we know as the burning bush. What was happening was this bush was burning. But it wasn't burning up. I don't know about you, but that would have got my attention, you know? And God says to him, he starts walking toward it and God says, whoa. And I think this has to do with the call of God. And I think this has to do with everyone's call of God. He said, stop. Because the ground you're about to walk on is holy ground. Take your sandals off. Don't bring the garbage of this world. Take your sandals off. And he walks up to it, and and God says, listen, Moses, I've got a plan. (laughs) Listen to the plan. I'm going to send you back where you're wanted for murder. And I want you to go back, and I want you to deliver millions of Israelites out of slavery, and bring them back to the promised land. Moses just jumped up and said, well, yee let's go. Moses looked at him and said, have you lost your mind? That's what I'd have done. I know you're supposed to be respectful. but You want me to go back where they want to kill me with a bunch of people I grew up with and you, you want me to go back, and you want to set those. You want me to set those people free. He said, "Who am I?" And God looked at him. And I want you to think about something. Is God calling you to something? Let me help you with something. God has a holy call on every one of our lives. You want revival to take place in your life? I'm not saying you're not going to be fearful. I'm not saying you're not going to struggle. I'm not saying that the things God's going to call you to are just something you feel gifted and ready to do. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying I don't know whether he wants to call you to go set people free. But I know this. He has a call on your life. And there's way too many people. Who go to church. And never ever listen for. And hear that call. And what happens is. Then the flow of God. Begins to constrict in our lives. And we begin to get weak and and doubt and struggle. And the bottom line is, after a while, we begin to stagnate and stink. And this happens a lot, guys. This happens a lot. It really does. And God looks at him and says, listen, I am a great theophonal appearance of God, basically, Great um, dynamic that's all the way in the old, all through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament. And God says, I am, is with you. Hear me right now. If God calls you to something, especially something you know you can't do, and I promise you this if God calls you to something, it's something you can't do. Amen. Don't miss it, though, because you will never experience the great grace and glory of God unless you step up and step out into that impossible task. So important, guys, so important, so important. God says, I will be with you. I am as with you. You tell them I am as with you. You let them know. And I'm sure Moses understood it all and just stepped up and said, then he says, listen, I, I can't talk very well. Kind of like me today, you know? And the bottom line is, he says, listen, I I don't, he says, I I got it covered. Don't worry about it. I'll send your cousin. And so Moses decided, I'm going to do this impossible task that God has called me to do. And he goes to Pharaoh takes his family, Aaron's family, and he goes to Pharaoh and he tells Pharaoh, hey, dude, he probably didn't call him dude, let my people go that they might worship Jehovah. Let my people go. That is exactly What God is calling out today for each and every one of us, let my people go. God Almighty has you in mind. No matter what you might be battling, no matter what you might be struggling with, the bottom line is he is saying to Satan and all his imps, let my people go. It's up to you, folks. It's up to you. So he goes up to Pharaoh. And of course, Pharaoh, he hardens Pharaoh's heart. I can't understand all that. that the, that's for great theologians to figure out. And they all argue about it, so they don't know either. But the bottom line is, it's, it's important to understand that he goes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. And he, Pharaoh's like, "Now, man, get out of my face. And And he said, okay, Pharaoh, that's cool. But you've got to understand, there are major, major curses coming your way. And I don't have time to get into all of those today. It's actually going to go through things and it's basically going to wipe you and your country out. Everything in it is going to be devastated. And in the end, and in the end, are you with me? Even your firstborn of every family, even of your animals are gonna die because of the stubbornness of your heart. And guess what happened? Every time Moses would go to him and things would be devastated, he'd say, oh, please get God to stop. And as soon as it stopped, what did he do? Went back to that same stubbornness, went back to that same hard heartedness, went back to that same, nobody's gonna tell me what to do thing. Okay, But in the end, when God brought that final devastation that the Israelites had been saved from, are you with me? We don't have time to go into all that. Pharaoh finally came to him and said, listen, I need you to go because there's really nothing left. There's really nothing left. And the Israelites left. And the cool thing is, people were so ready for them to go, they gave them all kinds of gold and silver and treasures to leave with. Amen? Amen. Here's the revival. Here's the moral of the story. God absolutely is crying out this morning, let my people go. But pastor, you don't know what happened to me. Pastor, you don't know how bad he hurt me. You don't know how I was abused when I was little. And I don't negate that, and I don't minimize that at all. You don't understand when he cheated on me. You don't understand when she left and and took everything. You don't understand, Pastor. You just don't understand. No, I don't. But I know one that does. And he is standing there this morning with his arms wide open saying, come to me, all you who have been beaten up and are weary. You come to me, and I will give you rest. I will give you hope. I will give you salvation. I will give you healing. I will bless your life. You need to understand. You need to humble yourself before him and say, God, I don't know how to let this go. I give up. I give it to you. And I'm going to ask this morning that you set me free. Because when you set me free, I am free indeed. Let's stand. (laughs) Folks. I think all of us at one time or another are all bound up. Frustration. Hopelessness. Bitterness. And what we're good at is making excuses for ourselves that make sense to us. And sometimes we surround ourselves with people that tell us, well, it's okay. It's understandable. Folks, that's killing us. Mm -hmm. Today is a great and wonderful day. To ask God to take that from you, out of you. To allow God to kill that stuff that's been killing us and tearing us up and keeping us down and keeping us frustrated and keeping us angry at other people and keeping us angry and frustrated with ourselves. Understand, this isn't about somebody else. This is about you. You. Why go on all bound up? Why go on living like a slave? Why go on? Why not allow God to free you by his love and healing power and saving power today? You're welcome to these altars as we sing this song.